from Passion for Sport, this is Cameroon Roars. It's our daily look at what's happening at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations Finals in Cameroon. And I'm Steve Vickers. Day 24, it's another rest day ahead of the first semi-final tomorrow. We'll be heading to Yaoundé to find out what the mood is like there with the host Cameroon through to the last four. We ask how fans are feeling about the tournament after last week's stadium tragedy. The good part of it is that there is some exciting action on the field, something to just cheer up the fans. That's coming shortly also with Vincent Aboubakar, the tournament's top scorer with six goals so far. We compare his good-looking haul with recent tournaments. But uh, first, the Zambian referee Jani Sikazwe has spoken about the controversy in the group game between Tunisia and Mali, which he officiated, where he blew for full time with only 85 minutes on the clock. Sikazwe told reporters in Zambia that he could have died of heat stroke and that he was lucky that he didn't go into a coma in a game that was played in extreme heat. I think God told me to end the match, said Sikazwe, adding that he saved me. Well, I'm joined by African football expert Ida Waringa in Nairobi in Kenya. This story got a lot of attention, Ida, and Sikazwe's side of the story is alarming. Well, it's an unfortunate situation and one that was highly speculated about even immediately after the match, which is, you know, when the heat stroke rumors started. Steve, everyone has talked about the soaring temperatures in Cameroon. Add to that the humidity. We've been seeing cooling breaks in the matches, and that was especially during the group stage, you know, where so many more games were played during the day, as opposed to now with the evening matches, you know, which, of course, the temperatures are much cooler. And focusing on uh, Sikazwa's game, well, it really brought to the fore so many issues. It was a really layered and complex scenario because there were those who at the time, you know, not knowing the reasons behind the odd behavior, just found it comical. There were those who pointed out Sikazwa's checkered past, you know, to do with uh, suspicion of corruption. There were those who quickly countered the West's coverage of the news, you know, and rebattled this narrative, you know, of quote-unquote African referees being a certain way, saying that, look, maybe the people who are reporting on these stories should turn the mirror on themselves because there are cases of bad officiating all over the world, you know. Some even, you know, ironically and even comically pointed out that while it's often impossible to view some videos online, you know, due to one's location, that these big media houses and publications had made specific videos of Sikazwe accessible to anyone anywhere in the world. Steve, it was a very nuanced situation. But Sikazwe is a proven referee. He was cleared by FIFA on any previous suspicion. He's officiated at previous AFCONs, the World Cup, many other high-profile tournaments, you know. Uh, CAF President Motsepe, as well as uh, Zambian FA President, also visited him soon after the incident. Steve, some games have been played at over 30 degrees Celsius in Cameroon. Heat stroke is incredibly serious and something that's actually killed many. Yes, and thankfully Sikazwe survived that. Thanks, Ida. In other news, Morocco players will get around $40,000 each, despite going out at the quarter-final stage where they lost 2-1 to Egypt on Sunday. If they'd won, they would have got $53,000 and they kept going in the competition, of course. 
So the first semi-final on tomorrow, Senegal taking on Burkina Faso, and on Thursday the hosts Cameroon playing Egypt. Let's get news from Yaoundé, where I spoke to Njie Eno, our reporter there, and first ask how the excitement is with Cameroon in the final four. Well, Steve, as you can imagine, there's a lot of excitement in uh, Cameroon at the moment after the host, the Indomitable Lions, punched their ticket for the semis. I was in Douala uh, when Cameroon played against Gambia. And after the team's 2-0 victory, you have thousands of fans who came out on the streets. People were basically horning their cars. Others were just clapping leads of pots. Here in Cameroon, whenever fans are celebrating a national team victory, they come out with leads of metal pots and are basically just clanging them to one another. And then you had another group of supporters who just basically lit fireworks in the major uh, avenues of the, the, the town. And, and, you know, it's something that's not happened in Cameroonian football since 2017. Obviously, Gambia went into that game um, really fine fettle and um, there were concerns over Cameroon's ability to perform the fact that the Indomitable Lions won 2-0 and that they were able to keep a clean sheet at last, you know, had a lot of fans motivated. And yeah, now you can imagine, I mean, for the semis against the Egypt uh, team that Cameroon was pretty well, that the Indomitable Lions beat uh, in 2017 to lift their fifth AFCON crown that uh, Cameroon before that had played against them at two AFCON finals, losing all the, all the two in 1986 and in 2008. So you can imagine that fans are looking forward to this duel. They just want to see the two teams perform. And fortunately, this comes at a moment where um, one of the best players in the world is Egyptian star Mohamed Salah. So it makes uh, uh, interesting, uh, it lays interesting foundation for uh, what a lot of fans hope will be a truly cracking uh, uh, game. Yes, it should be. And it's a week now after the tragedy at the Olembe Stadium where eight fans died. Uh, has the tournament recovered from this uh, sad incident in GA with this dark cloud and the exciting football at the same time? Well, Steve, it's hard for any tournament in the world to recover after there is loss of lives. I mean, it's cast a dark cloud over the tournament you have a lot of people talking more about the security setup, the safety of the fans, and really the incidents that that's occurred more than the the spectacle on the pitch. I mean, this an Africa Cup of Nations where we've had major upsets prior to this tragic incident. I mean, everyone was excited about the upsets, the fact that Algeria were out, Ghana were out, and then later on Nigeria, everyone was talking about this. But since this really sad incident. A lot of people are now thinking about the safety of the fans, people talking about it. And I mean, you can see it, you can, you can feel it, even within the media, is um, Burkina Faso are through to the semis of the Africa Cup of Nations after they beat Tunisia, after they outsmarted Tunisia tactically. Very few people are talking about it, you know, because people are just thinking about, you know, all of these issues, the death of persons, the stampede. And it's like the 2003 FIFA Confederations Cup. You had a wonderful Cameroonian team that played its heart out, that beat a star-studded Brazilian side that made it to the final. But when anyone talks about the, the, the FIFA Confederations Cup in 2003, they always mention Mark Vivian Fouet. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, this is the tournament where a player died on uh, on the pitch. And, 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 and I think, unfortunately, this is 
the, the stigma that will accompany this tournament till the end and, and into the future is a lot of people will always, I mean, remember this tournament for this. But that said, the, the good part of it is that there is some exciting action on the field, something to just cheer up the fans. And I mean, we, we, we saw it with the quarterfinal fixtures, um, Egypt being able to come back from a goal down to, um, Overpower Morocco, two goals to one in a really fantastic game. We also uh, saw lots of, 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 of talent in there with uh, the Cameroon-Gambia game, but also with uh, uh, Burkina Faso's uh, ability to stun Tunisia and sail through, and then Senegal just, I mean, had a quiet time cruising past the Quateragini, three goals to one. So, yeah, I mean, even after that, we've had some really great football. Um, are we still going to have wonderful spectacle on the pitch? Sure, we will have. Will this cancel the fact that um, fans died doing a stampede? No, it won't. Will it dent the perception or the, 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 the idea that there was a stampede? No, it won't. I mean, life will continue. Football will be played, but people will always remember this. And, and I feel that it's sad, especially for a tournament that started in the best of ways, that it, it should have this sort of tragic incident linked to it. Yeah, so sad indeed. I was talking there to our reporter Njie Eno in Yaoundé in Cameroon. So the semi-final lineup: Burkina Faso playing Senegal tomorrow and Cameroon taking on Egypt on Thursday. Asking for your predictions on social media. Who do you think will be the champions? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero who do you think are going to be the champions now as we're at the semi-final stage well this is cameroon roars brought to you by passion for sport the show coming to you every day throughout the 2021 africa cup of nations online on radio and on our app to download the app go to the play store or the apple itunes app store and enter planet sport football africa and our website is planetsport.tv. In the blog section there, Russ Bravo looks at how ordinary teams can beat the superstars, why some of these smaller teams have done really well with their cohesion and teamwork, and how we are created for community in life as a whole. That's on our website, planetsport.tv, in the blog section. Now, this tournament's going to give us the most prolific top goal scorer in a while at the Nations Cup. Odion Igalo top scored with five goals in 2019 in Egypt, and no one got more than three goals in the two previous editions of the competition. Well, this time we have Vincent Abubakar on six goals already, and his Cameroon teammate Carl Toko Ikambi on five. We'll see how many games they can add with a semi-final and either the final or the third-place match to come. And these are encouraging numbers, Ida. Steve, if you remember, right before kickoff at the Afghan in January, we did talk about the possibility of the Golden Boot winner actually getting more than five goals um, this time out. I mean... No top scorer of the competition has registered more than five goals since the 98 edition. And that was when Benny McCarthy and Hossam Hassan scored seven goals each. The record, however, as you've said, is one set by Zaire's Ndaye Mulamba, and that was for nine goals in 1974. But as you've also mentioned there, the last Golden Boot winner was Audio Nigalo with five last time out in Egypt, but it was also the first time in five Afghans, Steve, that anyone had scored that much. And we could only relate it to the fact that there were more games. 
looking at Vincent Abubakar, and he's already surpassed that. In the process, uh, broken the national record previously set by Samuel Eto'o of most goals at a single Afghan. Abubakar already had a head start on Mulamba, actually, even in the opening two games, because the Cameroonian had scored four, while the Zaire forward had three by that stage in 1974. And to add on to that, Abubakar has an assist, which is something that the next four players in the 2021 Afghan top goal scorer list don't have. So six goals in five matches, a total of 424 minutes played. I mean, the Cameroonian would already be the top scorer in each of the last 11 Afghans. But Abu Bakr's teammate, Ekambi of Leon, well, he is coming in hot behind him on five goals. That was after scoring twice against the Gambia in the quarterfinals. But Steve, all in all, I can imagine this must be a huge point of pride for the country, you know, on top of getting to the semifinals. So, the goals were definitely few and far in between at the start of the tournament. It could have been for a number of reasons, you know, the heat, the humidity. There wasn't too much time to prepare for the tournament, if you think about it. COVID-19 also was said to have affected a lot of players. Really could have been anything, but things did seem to open up halfway through the group stage, and it's definitely been more entertaining. But with all this said, chances of breaking Etor's all-time record are quite minimal, at least to me, because Etor has 18 career AFCON goals. Now, that is four more than Ivory Coast Laurent Pukou, and uh, Rashidi Yakini of Nigeria is third on that list with 13. Wow, big names in African football there. And we'll see how many goals Abubakar and Ekambi can end up with. And if maybe they can reach Mulumba Ndai's record of nine goals at a single tournament. Uh, the Congolese legend did it in six games back in 1974. At uh, that time, there were only eight teams at the AFCON. So they went straight from the group stage to the semi-finals. And at that edition, the final against Zambia went to a replay, ended 2-2 and then a 2-0 in the replay. And Mulumba scoring twice in both of those games and nine goals overall. Okay, a reminder of the semi-final lineup tomorrow: Burkina Faso against Senegal, and then on Thursday, Cameroon versus Egypt. From me, Steve Vickers, and Ida Waringa, the show's back again tomorrow. And Cameroon roars is a passion for sport production.